Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. The amount of fist fights on flights these days, the numbers are huge. I heard somebody from, I think, Delta or one of these airlines saying that uh, the number of assaults on their flight attendants has just been uh, insane in the last year. And uh, maybe it's COVID-related. I'm not sure what's going on. But people are just so quick to start throwing the punches on a flight. And I always just think, man, I, when I get on a plane, I just hunker down and I just want this bird to get in the air. Right. I, I will go out of my way to be invisible. I just I just want it up and down and off that plane. It might be different. I, I guess if you're if you're traveling for, like, business or something all Maybe. the time or, or you're, you're on the way. Because most times when we're getting on a plane, we're excited. Mm. Like, we're happy. Happy to be going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Yeah. They say some of the airlines are like, we're just going to stop bar service and everything but first class. Because oh. usually it's not. It's usually not the dude wearing a nice suit right. with a lady on her way to a, a business meeting it's in fueled. San Francisco. It's usually people on a plane with their baseball cap backwards and their flip-flops on. Ready to get down to... Cuba. <laughs> uh, anyhow, there's a flight from San Francisco to Vegas, and it had to turn around on the tarmac. Didn't even get in the air after two guys got into a fight over the armrest. Right. The Vegas destination is telling. Yeah, probably. Um, so with that, there are some rules now that have been put in place when it comes to flights and armrests, or maybe just armrests in general in theaters or on trains or subways. So here's the deal. Uh, someone figured out the pros and cons of each seat. Now, the window seat, the pro, of course, has got the nice view, and there's a wall to lean on. Yes. The con is you're trapped and have to ask people to move if you need the bathroom. Also, yes. The aisle seat, the pros, a little more leg room, and you're free to get up and do whatever you want. Cons is you have to get up to let two other people use the bathroom. This is true. And if you are situated anywhere near the bathroom, mm. you've got, like, usually a line of people, like, leading over you all the time. And That's the not hum. fun either. Yes, and the smell. The smell of urine for seven hours. The middle seat, the pros, none. Right. Zero. <laughs> the con is it's cramped and you have to move for the person by the window and you have to ask someone to move if you need to get up. So, in other words, the center seat... Has lots of cons, no pros. So the one thing they should get is both armrests. Gotcha. Because both others can lean the other way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the rule. Follow that next time you get on a flight. Although I would hope, I would pray that you wouldn't get in a fight with somebody before the plane even leaves the ground over the armrest. And uh, I'm going to uh, assume alcohol was involved in this somewhere. Again, the Vegas destination yeah. is telling. Yeah, because their flight back from Vegas is usually probably a lot more quiet. Oh, it's very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Uh, this is a great story. A couple of months ago, two women discovered they were dating the same guy. Okay, that's not good. No. And they had both been dating him for almost a year. Is there a movie about this? Well, probably. There's probably some rom-com that follows this storyline. Anyhow, they hatched an epic plan to confront him and get revenge. I guess they figured out somewhere along the line that they were both dating this guy. So the one woman, she reaches out to the other woman and told her she just found out about her. And this was just a few days before she was going to be flying to Turkey to vacation with the boyfriend. With him, okay. So then rather than cancel the trip, they decided, the two women decided, that they would, they, uh, the second woman would book a trip to Turkey, and they'd confront him there in the airport. Oh, my goodness. 
The first woman changed the guy's name on all the reservations to the other woman's name. Okay. So they could vacation together, and the guy had to figure out what to do on his own when he got there. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best part. They toured Turkey. They took photos together. They had an amazing vacation, and when they got on the flight to come home, it was the same flight as the ex-boyfriend. They even sat right behind him (laughs) on the plane. (laughs) That's that's going to extremes. That's great. How, How... how uncomfortable for him sitting oh, there. You think? And they're like tossing their olives from their martinis into the back <laughs> of his head. Yeah. Dating two of anything. You, you, it, it's never going to end no, well. No. You know, it's like the threesome we talked about. Anytime there's an extra body involved, <laughs> somebody's getting hurt. What age range represents the best years of your life? The biggest group of uh, people saying uh, their 30s, mm. and then your 20s, and your 40s, and your 50s, 60s. Some people have been saying into their 70s and 80s. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, whatever whatever you're living through right now, and this is one of the tragedies of life. Whatever you're in the midst of right now, if it's your 40s, whatever it is, it's always tough. At that point, because you're doing whatever you're doing. Yes. Raising kids, working, trying to pay off bills, the stress of everyday life. But we have this horrible habit of looking back and looking at everything through rose-colored glasses. Fondly remembering, the, yes. Oh, my 20s and 30s were the best. And maybe they weren't. And if I'm honest with myself, my 30s were pretty difficult between trying to maintain a career, a marriage, kids, paying off debt, you know, one thing or another. Yeah. But we look back and we go, oh, wasn't that the greatest time when really we should try to look at life right now? Because yeah. you're going to look back at this time and go, wasn't it great then? It's, you're, you're right. How we, how we tend to, in the moment, just see all the poop that's around us. Right. 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 And then, and then look back and not be able to see much of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, a lot of it we can just let go. Yeah, like if you, you know, sure, in your 20s, you were, uh, you know, freewheeling and and doing your own thing. And life was probably fairly simple for the most part. But whatever stresses you had at the time, be it, you know, school or paying for school. Trying to find a relationship, yeah. Trying to start a career. You know, those were all stressful, tough moments at that time. But when you're in your 40s and you got a mortgage and kids, you go, oh, remember how great it was when I was in my 20s? <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't so great, <laughs> you know. Anyhow, I thought that was interesting. Uh, 623, it's a National Veggie Day. Not one many of us want to celebrate. Right. But uh, when people are asked about their uh, their veggies and what they consume, broccoli is still by far the favorite. Okay. Year after year, it turns out broccoli is number one. But carrots are booming for some reason, with many more people saying it's their favorite compared to only a, a year or so ago. Okay. Not sure why the carrots are a big uh, big hit right now, but broccoli is always the go-to. One, it's easy, fairly easy to prepare, and it's considered really one of the super veggies. You know, yes. it's got all the goodness in it. And it's good for dumping stuff on, like cheese and ranch and good toppings. As soon as you said dumping, I thought it's good to get you to the bathroom. Right. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Well, doing all that though really kind of oh, kills oh, yeah. why you're eating it. It negates the benefit of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you'll see a lot of stuff lately. Broccoli is thrown into a lot of dishes too and pastas and stuff. That's right. Yeah. You know, choke it down. Got to try to choke down your veggies.
Somebody sent me a link yesterday of uh, like the top 10 food things you should eat as you make your way through your 50s because yeah. your body needs different things for different reasons. All right, what do you need? Oh, I need all the food. Everything in the list I don't touch. <laughs> That's not true. There's a couple of things I, I eat on a regular basis, but uh, yeah, I really got to up my game. The pomegranates seem to be okay. a big deal. Good yes. for gut uh, the bacteria in your stomach, like from what I learned from reading this thing, and I think I probably always knew this, but your stomach is really, you know, the focal point of the body when it comes to good health because everything that goes into it then gets distributed through your body from there. Yeah. And by putting in things like pomegranates and, and different beans and such that ups your bacteria game. So that you're digesting things better and things aren't creeping into the gut that aren't supposed to be there. I love pomegranate. Mm -hmm. You know, you can buy just the cup of the arrows. Yeah, for right? like $42. Wow. Because have you ever tried going into the whole one? No, I've never <laughs> even bought one. It's not, not simple. Right. <laughs> there are some things that are worth the, the price of someone else doing it for right, you. Right, right. Pomegranate <laughs> is one of them. Finally, though, nowhere on the list did it say salt and vinegar chips and ice cream sandwiches are good for the gut. <laughs> No, we should try uh, not to be too judgmental, but sometimes we're uh, we're quick to judge other people. Oh, Things like absolutely. when uh, we go to somebody's home and their bathroom maybe isn't as uh, kept up as perhaps we would like it to be. Right. Or uh, when we see someone leave their shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot. People who gossip will look down our nose at those people. Is it wrong to judge people who leave their shopping cart? In the middle of a parking lot? I guess it depends lazy. on... Eh, I don't know. It depends on who it is. If it's a young person, yeah, probably. If it's an older who's struggling, eh, maybe I'll give them the benefit. Right. You know. I I usually, uh, because I will always try to park closer to the grocery store than farther away, usually that that rack where you go toss the carts in is usually farther from me than the uh, the front door. So I'll usually, if I have a cart full of groceries or enough to use a cart, I'll empty my cart and then I'll take it back to the front of the store and right. I'll drop it off there. At least it's closer for the kid pushing them in to, yeah. to pick them up. <laughs> right, right in the exit lane. That's a good plus spot for it. Yeah. But I, I have been known. Again, I'm no saint. I've, I've been known to. I've yeah. left a cart or two in my day, I'm sure. Yeah, I, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure I have. Winter. I try to park closer to the return spot. Because mm -hmm. it's usually not that far away from the, uh, the the actual store. When it's February and minus 30, it is. Yeah, yeah, Anything's right. far. Yeah. <laughs> um, how someone's kids behave or don't behave, we will certainly judge. The oh, parents. for sure. Yeah. If you're sitting next to a, a loud group, mm -hmm. you know, or you got young kids that are just complete, seem to be completely out of control. I mean, it's different if, you know, you're on a flight and there's a baby crying. What are you going to do? Nobody can control a baby. But if you're on a flight or locked down with somebody who's got a kid who's like five or six who just won't stop. Right. Well, even the flight, like if there's be, be, like no attempt being made to mm. calm the child, mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people will get irritated and be judging very quickly. If I was in charge of airlines, nobody in single digits would be allowed on one anyhow. <laughs> you must be at least 10 years of age. Can you, can you go to the bathroom by yourself? If you can, you're allowed to fly on this plane. Mm, okay. Um... Of course, judging people on social media, that's a huge thing. That's the number one thing. It's crazy, yeah. Uh, when someone's rude to a waiter or any fast food worker, I just saw a video of a woman snapping again at a 
McDonald's somewhere in the U.S. because she couldn't get a drink the way she wanted it. And boy, there's a lot of... We're just so full of anger these days. Uh, and I'm not sure. I know everybody's divided these days. We say that. Maybe that's part of it. I just I mean, think we're really quick to snap. Yeah. That, that has changed. We're very quick to judge, very quick to be offended. You know, it, it's, it's always extremes now. Mm-hmm. I think I've gone completely the other way. I am, over, I am, I am out of my way nice. I, it's almost mm. over the top. Right, how friendly I am to uh, people working in the uh, in the general public. I just feel so bad for them with all of this stuff. And maybe uh, the fact that that has happened, you know, the the, the overwhelming or, or overbearing niceness, the fact that it's now starting to stop <laughs> is is being right. pointed out more. Because yeah, it was it was nice for a bit. You had people. You know, kind of backing out of people's way, jumping out of your way to say, "Oh, sorry, I'm in your way," and and mm. uh, and you know, keeping your space and distance. And now, when you see that they don't, yeah, you know, I'm still seeing people do that in the grocery store. But I am noticing in the lineup, if you end up in a lineup for a store, we're starting to crowd in together a little more. Yeah, those those That's spots on the floor are uh, are starting to become irrelevant for yeah. a lot of people. Oh yeah, the, the arrows on the floor. Mm. Yeah, people have given up on those. And you're right. The, yeah, here's your six foot spot. Stand on this. Yeah, people are totally ignoring that. All the tape outside has been worn off and rubbed <laughs> away, and nobody cares anymore. And it is funny through all of this, and I don't know how long it'll linger. I, I certainly notice it myself. I like that six feet of distance. I, yeah. I'm fi- like, what do you need to be a foot and a half behind me for? Mm-hmm. You're only going to catch a whiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that six feet, my friend. For your benefit. Take that six feet. If I'm just standing here waiting, I'm farting. What else do I got to do? Um... People use their speakerphone in public. This is uh, how oh, we secretly judge people. That's annoying. Or play music out loud. It even irritates me. There was a guy on a motorcycle the other day. One of these really loud bikes. The the you know the bikes that just are the mufflers are crazy loud. Whatever it is, and he had like uh, Elvis uh, playing, but he had it cranked on top of a motorcycle that was louder than hell as well. And I'm kind of like, you can't have both. Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> One or the other. You know, one or the other, my friend. Otherwise, if someone's in their car with their music loud, and I'm not, I don't necessarily care about that. I mean, I'm, I'm probably guilty of that myself. Well, I don't know. If, if you are stopped at a light and your car is shaking because mm. of the bass reverberating in a car three down from you, you know, you're probably judging that person. It's always funny, too, if you look over, someone's got their music cranked up just to see who's in the car. Especially if it's some rap song with a lot of F-bombs being dropped. Right. And there's like a, a mom and a four-year-old kid. And, well, that, you know. Or if you've got your kids in the car and the windows are down and they pull up beside you and you're sitting at the red light and it's just bleep, bleep, bleeping, bleep, bleep, bleeping. <laughs> One of the very first items ever sold on eBay in 1995 was a broken laser pointer. Someone actually bought it off of somebody for $14.83. Really? When the founder of eBay asked why the guy bought it, he said, I'm just a collector of broken laser pointers. Yeah, that seems about right. I guess it's a thing. The movie A Christmas Story. Remember that one? Uh Uh-huh. It's based on some short stories that were originally published in Playboy. (laughs) You mean they did have articles? (laughs) I guess they they really did. I'm wondering if the BB gun or a rifle that the kid wanted was something different in the Playboy stories. 
Well, they did have that naked leg lamp in the movie. Remember the dad ordered right. that god-awful, ugly lamp that was made of a woman's Boy, one leg? It's been a while. That's one I skip most Christmases. Oh, really? I, I've always uh, I liked that one. And an odd little side note about that. The guy that produced, I don't know if he wrote it, but he produced it, maybe directed it, uh, did that, and then he also did Black Christmas, where oh. all these sorority girls are killed by a guy, like two polar... <laughs> You know, what a nice little story about a boy in the, I guess it was the 40s or 50s, whenever it was, growing up. And then uh, a serial killer Christmas. No, no pun intended. Polar opposites. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, the company that makes Swiss Army knives. Yeah. They've sold a lot of them because they've been around since 1884. Never laid off one employee. Really? Boy, they, I think they owe a lot to MacGyver. On this side of the ocean. <laughs> but I, I would imagine that the sales would have dropped off more recently just because it's harder to travel with one. Mm. You know, I remember at one point everyone had one as like a keychain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was a gift right. you know, for, you know, a young right. teen boy. Can't imagine. Here, here, son, here's a knife now. <laughs> Go get him. Yeah, nobody's ever been laid off, but every single employee has lost a finger at some point along the way. <laughs> well, they all they all have to have long fingernails too in order to just get the, the little pieces out. They're flipping tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you figure the most common final score is in the history of the NFL? Ah, uh, boy, um, there'd be a seven involved. There is, um, but a little higher. Uh, I mean, 24-17. You got the 17 right as the losing number. 20 is the winning number. All right. 2017 has happened 269 times in NFL history. Wow. Yeah. The Great Gatsby. Remember that uh, book? I remember the movies. Yeah. I remember the Coles Notes version (laughs) if I had to read it in school. Um, the internet is now Cole's Notes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's no more a Cole's Notes. For, is there even a Cole's bookstore anymore? They're probably long gone, too. Um, it was uh, not a successful novel when it came out, and F. Scott Fitzgerald only earned $2,000 from making the book or writing the book. Wow. Sharks are older than trees. Sharks have been around for about 400 million years. Trees have only been around for about 350 million. Okay. Yeah. The Sharknado didn't wipe them all out either? No, I guess not. Eddie Van Halen, when he was alive, when asked if he has any regrets, he said, uh, probably doing the guitar solo for Michael Jackson on Beat It. That's right. And not because he disliked Michael Jackson. As a matter of fact, he was a big fan. And when asked, it was an honor for him to do it. So he agreed to do it, and he did it for free. He said, I did it as a favor. Like no session fee or no nothing? No, no piece of it. He says, I was a complete fool. (laughs) He did say, I wasn't used. I agreed and I wanted to do it. I really like Michael Jackson. But think even half a point. Right. You know. Yeah, he'd be like, later on, come on, Quincy. (laughs) Throw me a bone. That's right. Considering beat it, probably, and I don't have the numbers on the top of my head, but I got to think. Beat it. Probably outsold every Van Halen song ever made. Yeah. That one single probably beat all of them, maybe combined. It sold a few copies. And didn't get a piece. Nothing. Nope. Got nothing. Yeah, it was a gift as a thank you for that. Like, would, would Michael send him something? Glove? Didn't, didn't Slash a monkey. do some guitar work for Michael Jackson, I think, yes. too, at one point? Yeah. I don't know if Slash got anything. A hat. <laughs> <laughs> Pack of smoke. That's right. 
And uh, finally, lobsters are cannibals. Okay. When they're hungry and looking for food, they'll happily eat another lobster. Well, they are a delicacy. They are. They put on their little lobster bib. <laughs> <laughs> they boil some water. <laughs> oh, crap. Fred's got his bib on again. Look out. <laughs> Swim the other way. Swim the other way. Get moving. Get out of my way. Anybody got garlic butter? <laughs> It is your pallies, Greg and Lucky. So in golf, you got the U.S. Open this weekend. So with all the majors, you got the, the Masters, you got yeah. the British Open, the U.S. Open. Is uh, there another one that's one of the big ones? Is the there PGA, four? Yes. The PGA. Where does the U.S. Open rank in its importance of those four? Uh, you know, arguably, yeah. uh, I would say I would say third. Okay, right. Uh, the Masters being uh, the, the pinnacle of them, yep. uh, because only the top get invited to right, it. Right. Uh, the Open, which is Britain, uh, only because that is more of a world mm. Open, uh, where you'll see a lot of top players from Asia. There'll be names that you don't necessarily recognize. Uh, and, and then the U.S. Open is right there. It, you know, you can qualify for it, and there's many Canadians who do. Taylor Pendrith is one that's in the field who qualified through uh, to get into it. Um, and, and it's gotten, you know, it's still a great tournament, but it's almost gotten to the point where it's a little gimmicky now because the USGA, who sets up the golf course, likes to make it so punishing mm. that it, it's, you know, for many, it's like, okay, the pros look normal. Uh, but for the pros, it's it's almost to the point of being unfair hmm. at times. Where, like the rough will be like six inches deep. Like your ball goes in the rough, <laughs> you don't find it. And, and it, it's just, it's insane. Right, right. And there, there's been a couple of shots already this, this, uh, this week of guys like just demonstrating, just trying to get out of the rough around Torrey Pines. Mm-hmm. And, and so they basically shave the golf course down on the fairways and make the rough punishing. And you'll see scores, like a winning score at a U.S. Open will probably be somewhere closer to par. And, and you know, if they get to minus double digits, it's rare now. Hmm. Yeah. Tim Cup took a 12 at the U.S. Open. That's <laughs> right. My favorite line in that movie. He just took a 12 at the U.S. Open. Well, some of the announcers were caught. Uh, you know, I guess it's uh, during uh, practice time, so they got uh, a little more space to just gab. I thought this was interesting. Welcome back to the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Southern California going through a heat wave here at Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines. I once dated a girl named Tori Pines. <laughs> Tori with an I. You got it. Great name, Tori Pines. Her stripper name was Portia. <laughs> Why not just leave it Tori Pines? I learned a fake name helps them psychologically become someone else so they can accept the fact that they're dancing for cash. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of getting psyched, that's what Phil Nicholson is doing right now on the 17th tee here at... Tori Pines. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess uh, Phil has set a record of being in second or something. He's never won it, supposedly, I guess is the deal. But he's tied, or he came in second like six times, which is some record he set, I believe. And uh, and he was one who was given an exemption into the U.S. Open, but then won this year. So with that, he's, uh, he's already in. All right, very good. Well, if you're a golf fan, Father's Day and all, you should be able to just strap on the iron lung. Yeah. Lay on the couch. Nobody can say booty over oh, And that's it. You know, the U.S. Open traditionally ends on Father's Day. And that's where, you know, that great, one of Phil Mickelson's great runner-up moments was when Payne Stewart won it. 
and uh, the final major Payne Stewart ever won. Right. Uh, and then he turned to Phil afterwards and said, you're going to be a father. Don't worry about it. And he took a flight. Yes. And that didn't end well. <laughs> Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.